All right, so without any further ado, we're going to introduce our first speaker. Like I said, we have three different ones. So first up is Lizzie Strong. So I want to welcome her up here. It's all yours. Hello. I'm really excited to be up here. Um, I haven't done this in a while, so please bear with me. Um, I'm going to share with all of you guys uh, my testimony. But before I start, I'd like to pray. So let's just, can we just bow our heads for a second? All right. Holy Spirit, just thank you for being here with us tonight. And I ask you, Lord, that my words will be your words and um, that you will touch our hearts this evening and take us deeper and bring us the freedom and the healing that we need. Amen. All right, I'm going to start by sharing a significant verse that's been in my life for a while. Um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and then I'll explain why that's been significant to me. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is the verse that my mom painted on the wall in my bedroom when I was growing up. Um, so that when I laid on my bed, I could look up and I could see it every day. Um, that is a significant verse in my life because growing up I had some hardships. As we all kind of go through different things through life. Um, but for me growing up, starting when I was about a young girl in elementary age, and then on through junior high and high school, I suffered a lot with a ton of anxiety. I had a lot of um, an obsessive compulsive disorder. I was extremely fearful and I had depression. Um, so much to the point where I was germaphobic. I washed my hands so much. Um, I had really weird thoughts that went through my mind. Later on, I realized that was just the attack of the enemy against my, my mind though. Um, there were times where I honestly had a hard time getting out of the house. I'd need to be somewhere, and I really struggled just getting out. I wanted to, but there was some type of block that would keep me for whatever reason of leaving. Um, so it took me a while. I also really had a hard time, I remember as a little girl, going to bed. Um, it would be time for bed, and I would freak out. And it would take me hours just to lay my head and go to sleep. I even remember having a hard time where this is going to sound weird, but my mom would make me food and I'd have a hard time eating it. Eventually I'd give in, but I had this weird, um, weird thought that didn't make sense that the food was poisoned. Not that my mom would ever do that to me. My mom loves me and she cares for me. She's a good person. <laughs> um, eventually I'd give in and I'd eat that food. I was fine. I'm still here. Um, <laughs> But eventually, I started going to some homeopathic doctors, and it helped a little bit, but still, I was not quite right. Eventually, in junior high, I started going to a, a normal 
doctor and I was put on medication, that would help me with my anxiety and depression and all that. And it helped me. I'm thankful for the time that I was on it. Um, it didn't take away the problem, though. It just numbed me. It, it helped me to be stable for when I needed it. It basically just, instead of me going up and down like this, I just like this. Sometimes I was really tired. Sometimes I was very sedated. Um, but it was what I needed at that time. With that, um, I struggled with my relationship with God. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church, like from birth to now. I went to church regularly. My family loves the Lord. I asked Jesus into my heart as a young girl. But at the same time, I still struggled. I struggled if God was real. I struggled um, whether or not I was even a Christian. I had this obsessive thought that I wasn't praying the right prayer and asking God into my life in the right way. And I remember specifically one time I was in the car with my parents and my dad reminded me, he told me, it's not about the words or the prayer, but it's about whether or not you actually believe in Jesus Christ. And that stuck with me. That really helped me. But it didn't fix the problem at the same time. I was still fearful. I believe there was a hell, too. But for some reason, I still had doubts about God. And, um, yeah, I wanted to make sure I was going to heaven. <laughs> so, anyways, I continued to struggle. Um, I had a really difficult time with just emptiness and depression and just not feeling good. And I got to a point where I realized it wasn't just me. It wasn't just a physical thing, but that I was, I was being attacked by the enemy. He was coming at me, and he knew my weaknesses. He saw me as a weak, emotionally weak, and physically weak person, and he was trying his hardest to break me down and to tear me away from God. But he never was actually truly able to. He never actually pulled me away from the Lord. One thing that I'm really thankful for is my relationship with my parents. If it wasn't for them, I would not be standing up here being able to share this story with you guys. Um, it's because of them that they fought for me. They prayed for me. They encouraged me spiritually. They've been spiritual leaders in my life, and I'm so thankful for that. I remember one time my mom invited a couple women that we know over to our house to pray for me. I was about maybe 15 or 16 years old. We went into my room and they prayed over me, prayed for my freedom and my healing, and then they left. And I wasn't better yet, but I think something must have happened. Um, but I just remember breaking down and just crying out to God, like, God, help me. I, I, I needed his hope. Um, Around, sometime around that same time, my mom also went to the healing rooms in Santa Maria. She went with a group of women where they actually went for somebody else to receive healing prayer. But they also encouraged my mom. They said they told her to go and receive prayer too. And she was a little hesitant at first, but then she went and she got some prayer. And then Rick, uh, Rick Taylor, was, um, who was the head of the healing rooms, 
prayed with her, and he asked her if there was anyone else um, or anything else that she needed prayer for, so she brought me up. When she left, he had given her a blue cloth, which I actually brought with me because I still have it to this day. He gave her this blue cloth that had been anointed with oil and prayed over, and he told her to place this under my pillow or in my sheets, basically somewhere like where I'm lying at bed, so it would be under my, under my head. And it was around that time where I was received prayer from the ladies, and my mom had gone and brought this home where things started to change for me. Things started to look brighter. I wasn't better instantly. It wasn't an instant miracle, but it was a gradual healing. I was able to gradually take less and less of the medication, and I was becoming more and more whole. In high school, in my senior year, well, when I graduated, my youth group had this special tradition that they do every year in June. Every year in June, when the seniors would graduate high school, they had what was called Senior Sunday. So basically what it was, they invited some of the graduating seniors to come up to church on a Sunday morning and to share their testimony. So I was one of those people. I shared my testimony one of those Sunday mornings, and I was able to share my story with everyone, what I'm sharing with you now. But see, when I shared that story then, I was just at the, I was just coming to the end of that that. Journey. I was, from what I remember, I think I was still a little bit on the medication, but I probably really honestly didn't need it or I was already off of it. I don't really remember. But basically, I shared this story with them and I was able to declare my, my healing that I was okay. And it, I feel like it was almost like I was declaring something over myself, like it was finished right then. I remember. Um, Afterwards, there was a woman who went to the church that then spoke with my mom afterwards and told her that when I spoke, when I stood on the stage, she saw in the spirit a massive angel that was standing behind me. And I don't know, maybe he was protecting me or something, but that was just an encouragement to me, something that I never want to forget. Now, I want to be honest with you guys. Yes, I stopped the medication. Yes, I, was, I had so much breakthrough in my life. But that doesn't mean life was perfect afterwards. I was 18 years old, and over the years, I had to learn how to, I guess, hmm, what's, what am I trying to say? Be whole. Um, I'll never be how I used to be, but it doesn't mean that I never struggle with anything. Just like all of us, it's, it's part of life to go through journeys and to work through things in our hearts and in our lives, right? This is part of being human. But as time's gone by, just through growing up, just through maturing, and also learning the tools that I need to be whole, learning about myself, I learned that how I think, 
I learned that sometimes I need to reach out to people when I can't do things myself. I learned that it's important to be with the Lord and to take care of myself. And not just spiritually, but also I'm learning, and I'm still learning, that it's to be whole, to take care of myself in all different areas. My diet, my sleep, my prayer life, time with the Lord, being kind to myself, knowing when I need to set limits with what I can and cannot handle. So maybe there's some days where I'm not perfect and I go to bed late and I eat a bunch of junk. (laughs) And then the next day I feel really crummy. And then I'm learning though, like, okay, don't beat yourself up, Lizzie. It's going to be okay. Now you just know you need to eat healthy and get the sleep you need. (laughs) Anyways, though, I wanted to share this with all of you because it's been on my heart a lot when it comes to... um, just emotional and mental health, I think it's really important. And it's been on my heart to see other people receive that breakthrough in their lives that they need as well. So what I'd like to do right now is if there's any of you in here who in any way needs some type of breakthrough in their lives, whether it has to do with maybe you've suffered with a lot of anxiety, maybe you're going through a depressing time in your life, Maybe you have obsessive thoughts. Maybe the enemy is just attacking you in different ways in your life. If you would like to receive breakthrough, I want to encourage you guys to just stand up right now because I'm going to pray over you. And not only people in this room, but if you know somebody who's not here, Maybe it's a friend, a family member, a coworker that's also struggling in any of these areas. I want to encourage you to stand up, to stand in the gap for those people as well. I'm going to pray over you as well because we're going to see breakthrough in their lives as well tonight. So I just want you to put out your hands if you're not already just to be in a place of receiving. And I'm going to just release this breakthrough over you guys. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for your freedom. (laughs) Thank you for what you've done in my life, God. Thank you that I know you're good and that you have brought me a sound mind and a whole body. And I just want to release over you all, I command any anxiety, fear, depression, obsessive thoughts to leave you right now in the name of Jesus that has no place in your life. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill them, their hearts, their minds, their bodies, and their souls with your goodness. Replace it with your presence from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come over them, wash yourself over them. I declare that no weapon formed against you can prosper in Jesus' name. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Just receive. Let him go deep in your heart.
God. Amen. So now that I'm done, we have another um, exciting message coming from somebody else. So I'm going to introduce, I don't know where he's standing or sitting, Daniel. Come on up, Daniel. Lizzie. How you guys doing out there? Good? All right. I'm going to talk to you guys tonight about worship a little bit and uh, just kind of a little bit about some things about it. Well, that's really bright. And uh, kind of what it means to me and kind of directly how our view of God and how we see God uh, directly relates to our worship. So I want to just open up with a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this night. God, I thank you what you're stirring. God, I thank you what you're doing. God, Continue just to go deeper, God. Let us learn from you even more, God. Show us new revelation, God, even about things maybe we've heard about a thousand times, God. Take us even deeper, God. I thank you that you have so much more beyond what we could even ever ask or think, God. Fill us up with more of your spirit, God. God, as I speak, God, I pray that you would help me to articulate, God, everything, God, that is in your heart, God, to encourage your people tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want to say is that, you know, while God absolutely touches our hearts during worship, like at the heart of it, like worship isn't for us, like it's not about us, it's about him. And worship is the only thing that God can't give himself, and it's why we were created. Like we were created to bring him glory and to bring him fame. And I looked up the word worship in the dictionary because I like to do that sometimes, and it's defined as an adoring reverence or regard. And used as a verb, it means to feel that adoring reverence or regard for someone or something. And there's many ways we can define worship. I mean, I'm sure if we went around, we would all have a very cool, unique definition. One thing I came up with as I was preparing for this, I I really felt like at the heart of what worship is, is it's what we gaze upon. Like, what has our attention, what has our devotion, and what has our time? Because we were created to be in awe of things. That's why when we see people that are like super talented at like music or sports or things, we go, ah, oh, because we were created to gaze at things that are greater than us and bigger than us. And I feel like, um, yeah, I was going to go, uh, okay. So a little bit about myself, like I've grown up in church my whole life and I realized that somewhere along the way that, um, at least my experience is we, I, we have a very limited view of what worship is. Like when I was growing up in church, it was always, we get to church, we come in, we sing a few songs, and then the pastor would come up at some point and say, you know, we'd take the offering, and, um, you know, they say, now we're going to continue worshiping the Lord with the giving of our tithes and offerings, and we'd worship, and then we'd go to the sermon, and so worship was, we sing a couple songs, and we give our tithes and offerings, and, you know, I give my one dollar out of every ten to the Lord, and he blessed, like, that was our idea of worship, and really, I was never taught like worship is a lifestyle. And what I've come to discover is like worship is so much more than singing a few songs on a Sunday morning or Saturday night. Like worship is in everything we do. Like everything we do unto the Lord is worship. Like if you're in school right now and you're doing homework, or you're sitting in class, like 
you're worshiping God, if you're working at your job, if you're doing something even as menial as like cleaning your house, like cleaning your toilet, like you're doing something to honor what God's steward, like given you to steward and entrusted you with, like that's worship to him. Like if you're a stay at home mom or stay at home dad and you're changing the diaper of your kid, like you are honoring God with your life. Like that is what worship is. And that's what I realized too. Worship isn't just, you know, honoring God or whatever. It's like, it's literally just like honoring God, not with one specific thing, but like honoring God with our entire life. Like our entire life is meant to be worship unto him. And I found in my own life that like the root of all my problems and like the things I struggle with comes from one thing. It's like, I stopped looking at God. Like I took my eyes off of him and his bigness and greatness and his perspective. I started to look at myself and why this thing isn't working out and that thing. And this reminds me of Peter when he walked on water. And I actually want to turn there um, and read that. So that's Matthew 14. If you guys want to turn there with me or go on your phones or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I just feel like this really has to do with this. So I'm going to start reading in verse um, 24, 24. And it says, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you were the son of God. And I think this story is so interesting because, like, Peter's walking on water, and, like, he's totally fine until he takes his eyes off of Jesus and starts looking at the storm around him. Like, the storm was there to begin with. Like, the storm didn't just come out of nowhere. Like, after he started, like, the storm was pre-existing. Like, he stepped out and, like, knowing the storm was there. But it was when he took his eyes off of Jesus that he started to realize wow, suddenly there's a storm. And I had a couple of things from this too. In verse 27, literally Jesus immediately appears to them and says, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. And I just love in the next verse, Peter says, Lord, if it is you, come in. He's like, dude, he just told you, man. He just told, like, he just told you like, Peter, I am Jesus. Like it is me. And he's like, still, so I love how God is like so patient. Like God is so patient with us. Like even when we literally doubt his word, like the, the second after, like he's so patient with us. Like he didn't reprimand him and be like, Peter, seriously, bro. I just told you, man. He, he like, Hey guys, did you hear this one? No, he like, he was so patient with him. God's like, he's so patient with us. And like, I think the thing that is interesting too is in verse 30, he cries out, Lord, save me. And it says, and immediately Jesus saved him. Like God's grace to save him. He doubted him. He got afraid. He took his eyes off Jesus. Jesus still came in and saved him. And I think it's so amazing is like the power of the name of Jesus. Like when we speak the name of Jesus, like there is so much power in his name. Like we cannot lose sight of that. Like just saying the name of Jesus. I'll tell you a story from my own life. I was about five years old and I was going to vacation Bible school and they have, the playground is still there. 
Um, it's one of those spirally things that you kind of climb up. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You know those things? One of you, Brent scratching his head. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's like these spirally things that you climb up like 10 feet. And this was back when like, you know, now it's like everything's rubber and like you fall on like a cloud when you fall. Like, I don't know how you could get hit as a kid, like get hurt. Like you could hit your head on something, I guess. But like, you know, so that was like, it was like concrete and like wood, like tan bark, right? So I like, I'm at the top of this thing and my shoe gets caught or something and I fall down. I think I either, I don't remember exactly. I landed either on my back or my chest, but like the wind got knocked out of me. Basically, like, I'm going to be fine in, like, a minute, right? I'm going to sound like a sick whale for 30 seconds. Like, but, like, I'll be fine. Like, I'm going to be fine. But as a five-year-old kid, I'm thinking, I'm going to die. This is it. Like, this is it for me. And I, all I remember is that I just cried out the name of Jesus. I started yelling, Jesus, Jesus. And immediately, peace came over me as a five-year-old kid. And I thought, wow, like, Lord, I knew from a young age that just to cry out your name, I didn't have all the language I have now. I didn't speak in tongues yet. I didn't know all the theology of I'm going to make this declaration and this thing. All I knew was to cry out the name of Jesus, and he filled me with such peace. And I realized that when we worship, there's times where we come into worship, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, where we come in and I've been cynical and I'm upset with God and I'm like, Lord, I can't worship right now because you haven't done this thing or this prayer you haven't answered or this relationship didn't work out how I wanted or this career opportunity didn't work or my finances or this or that. And we start to accuse God. And I'm like, it's when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we start to look at these things. And what's amazing is like, I talk to God like that, like very raw, very honest, and it's amazing. Like God can take it, like he can handle it. Like his love, his grace, his mercy, like it covers all of that. Like any judgment like I could try to bring against God, like his love, like his love covers it all. And in those moments, I'll start to be like, you know, what reason do I have to worship? You know, you didn't come through for me here like I thought or how I wanted. Like, And we start to go down this road and start to accuse God. And what I thought about is that in the Bible, right, Satan is known as the accuser of the brethren, right? That's one of his names. And, you know, he's accusing us, but I start to think, if Satan can get us, God's kids, to accuse God, he doesn't even have to try to defeat God. He just comes at us and says, hey, accuse God. Accuse God that, you weren't, that he wasn't faithful here. Accuse God that he didn't do this thing how you wanted. And we basically do Satan's job for him. And God doesn't even, like, he doesn't even have to directly go to God, but God, it's kind of like that thing as a parent that you're like, if you mess with my kid, like, you mess with me. So, like, God still, like, fights for us, but, like, I thought about, too, like, Satan was in heaven, right? And he fell like he was an angel, and he fell because he wanted the glory, right? He, he wanted the glory, and he couldn't handle, like, God having it. And what I realize is that if, if Satan can get us to accuse God, it kills our gratitude. It kills our thankfulness. And to me, those are like two huge components of worship because we look at God and we're like, God, I'm thankful, like thankful for this, thankful for that. Thank you that you saved me from death, God. Thank you that you saved me from the punishment I deserve. Thank you that you paid for it all. Like if he can get us to like not be thankful, that can directly hinder our worship. So it's in those times where I just start to declare, I'm like, you know what, God, you know, maybe you didn't do this thing or that like I wanted. Maybe you were protecting me for something and I just don't even know and someday I will. Like, you are so big. Like, I don't have any idea. And it reminds me too, there's times where God spoke to me and he's like, you know what, can you worship me just because I'm worthy? Like in that moment, if you have no reason in your life, you think everything is against you even though it's probably not, but sometimes we feel like that. Like, 
God's like, can you worship me just because I'm worthy? And I start to look at God and I'm like, you know what, God? I'm going to worship you simply because you're worthy of my praise. You are holy. Like there is no spot or blemish in you. Like great is your name. Thank you for paying for it all. Thank you for saving me the, from the punishment I deserve. Like, and I asked him, like, remind me how faithful you've been because chances are, like, God has been so much more faithful to us than we could even realize. And so those times where I'm like, Lord, show me the, the things where you've been faithful and I just didn't remember. And I, I, I want us, like, to in my own life, I'm trying to do a better job of, like, either, like, chronicling those things down, whether that's, like, journaling or whatever, because there's those times where we go through things where we need to remember, like, God, like, you came through for me here. Like, you're that same God. Like, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, like Revelation 19.10, like that testimony is still valid for like my present like breakthrough, this thing back here. And like the battles you're in right now, like those create fuel for your future breakthrough, you know? And, and the thing is like God, God never takes his gaze off of us. Like when we take our gaze off of him, like the problem is never on his end. Like I love this verse in Job 36, 7 in the Holman Christian Standard Bible says, he does not remove his gaze from the righteous. The NIV says he never takes his eyes off the righteous. The English Standard and New American Standard say he does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. Like his eyes are on us and he's looking it's, and it's, it's not that he doesn't see. And I'm reminded of James 1, 17. It's like every good thing comes from above from the father of lights with whom is no variation or shadow of turning. So if something is coming at me, that's not good. Like I can immediately be like, well, that's, not God. And I feel like if something isn't right yet, it's like, it doesn't mean it's going to be that way. God's going to turn it around for good. And when we start to look at God and our view of God directly, directly affects how we worship, directly affects it. I want to have a view of God. I want to see God properly where I'm like, God, you are so big. You are so much greater than anything I could be going through. And we can start to look at the world and the situations and see all that in perspective of like, God, you, if you can hold, you're the God who holds the entire universe in the palm of your hand. Like, I think you can hold my family or my spouse or my kids or my job or my school or whatever. Like, I think you've got it. You know what I mean? And, and I start to think of Psalm 139, all that extravagant things that, that David says about God, you know, like if I go to hell, you're there and where can I flee from your presence? And, and I'm just amazed by that. And I think the thing that's so beautiful, though, about worship here on earth is that, did you know that actually while we're here on earth, we can actually have deeper and greater worship than we, than we even can in heaven? Like, worship in heaven is going to be great, but in heaven, we're going to, like, everything's going to be perfect. We're going to have our glorified bodies. We're not going to have, like, we're not going to have zits anymore. We're not going to feel fat. We're like, like, everything is like, there's no more sickness. There's no more weeping. There's no pain. Like, there's no more brokenness whatsoever. And so like worship in heaven is going to be amazing. But like on earth, like we have the opportunity to like choose to praise God in the midst of like just terrible things we have going on that we can in this moment say, you know what, God, stuff isn't going great for me right now, maybe, but you're worthy. And I know that you see me and I know that you know me and I know you're working all things for my good. And I can worship God from that place. And that's, what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. And in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, therefore, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise to his name. David said in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, with that which cost me nothing. And this is what I think of too when Jesus was with the woman at the well in John 4, 24, talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth. 
Because there's times where we can worship God and spiel it. We're feeling the Holy Ghost gooeys, you know. We're like, we're feeling good, you know. And, but there's times where we, we just worship in truth. Like, I'm not feeling it, God, but I know that you're good, you know. And how I know that worship isn't for us is we can come into church and be like, really, we're singing Great Are You, Lord, and Good, Good Father for like the hundredth week in a row. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> but he's still great, right? He's still a good, good father. And we can declare that from that place because worship isn't about me. It's about giving him glory. And yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the last thing I'll say is tonight we talked about God in the waiting and, you know, we're all going through things right now. And I just want to let you know that like God is there with you and he's for you in the time where you're waiting for like things to happen. I just feel that so strong that like God is so moved by you. And I just want to, I just want to pray right now over you guys. And um, so just kind of get in receive mode, whatever that looks like for you. And I just want to pray over us that we would see God rightly, that we would be able to worship him in spirit and in truth, that on our worst day that we would know that God delights in us. And, and just to bless you to just recall just stories from your life where like God was faithful, but like maybe you forgot, but that would be something to just like spur you on in the present of like, wow, God, you did this here. Like you can do it again, even greater. All right. So God, I thank you so much, God, for this family. God, I was just lovers of you, sold out lovers of you, God. And I pray, God, that you would show each and every son and daughter here tonight, God, how much you love them, God, how much you see them how much you're intimately acquainted with their ways, God, how much your gaze never leaves them, even on their worst day, God. And I ask, God, I bless their minds, God, that we would see you rightly, God, that we would have the proper view of you, God, of you being big but tender, God. Just just show us who you are even more, God. And I just bless each and every person here. I bless your minds and your hearts to just recall those stories of how God has been faithful to you faithful. And God, I pray that you would just show them, God, how those things can be fuel for tomorrow's victories, God. Show them how faithful you are, God. Wow us with how strong you are and how faithful you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Now I have the privilege of welcoming up. We have one more message tonight. And uh, would you join me in welcoming the incomparable Matthew Gio? Wasn't that great? <sighs> yes, God, thank you for Daniel and thank you for Lizzie. Um, before I start, um, we're going to pray. Um, I felt like some, God put something on my heart to share, and, uh, but really just want it to be his word. So, so God, um, we just ask for you to come. Um, Holy Spirit, would you come and um, just open, open everyone's hearts to uh, whatever they, uh, they need to hear that's from you. And God, would you put your words in my mouth, God, um, God that I would be able to share this with your heart, God. God, that it would just be uh, what you would want to say. And so, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. In Jesus' name. So, um, 
You might have uh, noticed a theme tonight. Um, the theme was a uh, breakthrough. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, we all go after. It's something that we all need. Um, it's something that um, isn't always easy to wait for. Um, and as I've gone through my own journey, um, I've kind of, um, I guess you could say, uh, struggled with God uh, to figure out, like, what is breakthrough? Like, because, you know, I hear this word thrown out all, all the time. Like, you know, what does it mean? Does it, does it mean um, my circumstances change? Is it defined by my perception of my circumstances? Um, for a while, I actually thought that because I'm like, well, you know, God answered my prayer, yay, okay, and now I can move on with life. But the problem with that is, is then I, I don't even, once the, the problem is fixed, now I can go off in, in my merry way and do things the way I did before, and I don't have that relationship. Like, if, if my definition of breakthrough um, is based on my circumstances, then God has to answer that prayer within the confines of my expectations. So, basically what that means is that God has to... Uh, abide by what you're expecting and what you're praying and it's more important to you that the solution comes than to have that relationship with him <laughs> so what that does is if god doesn't come through in the way that you're expecting or praying then it um, can allow disappointment into your life uh fear a distrust of God, mistrust of God, because he's not coming through in the way that you're wanting or expecting. Um, so, you know, I went through a journey where I'm like, okay, uh, I've been disappointed a lot. I don't understand. I know in my brain God is good. I know I'm supposed to believe that. Um... So I went on this journey, I'm like, well, so God, what the heck is going on? You know, well, what, what's going on? Why, why am I so disappointed? Why, is there, am I praying wrong? Am I, so I went through this journey, um, you know, kind of similar to Lizzie's, where it's just like, I'm, am I praying the right prayer? You know, I'm not praying the right prayer. That has to be it. Like, it was all about me. It was all about, like, okay, that... I can't, I can't accuse God, so there must be something wrong with me. So then, so, it, 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 so I'm kind of stuck because, you know, I'm not, I can't be real with myself. I can't be real with myself that I actually am angry with God. But I'm not willing to admit it because I'm not allowed to, to, to be angry with God. You know, so... Um, you know, later in my journey, I learned that that's actually not true. God actually, it's not like God doesn't already know you're angry with him. So, so, so and it actually, God uh, likes it better if we're actually real with him and we actually tell him how we really feel. 
Because if we hide it and pretend it's not there, we're, we're not actually coming to God as the real us. We're not coming to God authentic, as the authentic us. And God's often um, won't answer the prayers, your prayers in the way that you want until you come to him as the real you. Because he doesn't want the fake you. He doesn't want relationship with your facade. <laughs> so, he really, I mean, he'll still love you. He'll still receive you. He'll still um, even um, speak his love over you. But, he, it's more important to him that you have true, authentic relationship with him. If you're, if you're coming to him and you're not real with him, then, um, then he, basically what you're doing is, is you're going, okay, well, you're, you have to realize, I realize this, uh, I don't trust God with this part of my heart. So if I'm not willing to trust God with that part of my heart, then um, it's kind of like, you know, God every single day trusts us with parts of his heart and we trample over it every day. Like, and it's, it's not like a guilt trip or anything. It's just that God is, is trying to show us as an example, hey, I know that today... I'm going to put my heart out on the platter because I love you and that you're going to trample over it and I'm still going to put my heart out anyway. Because I love you. My love is not conditional. And I'm willing uh, to be grieved um, for your sake because I love you. I'm willing to sacrifice my heart so that you would prosper. So God trusts us with his heart every single day. Sometimes we, we crush his heart, but he doesn't hold it against us. His mercies are new every morning. So um, I want to talk to you about God's definition of breakthrough. This is something that, that I feel God has been showing me um, if, and I noticed the theme in the Bible whenever, especially in the Psalms, when someone is crying out for some sort of breakthrough, um, most of the time, they're not listing out all of their problems. What are they doing? They're, they're crying out for the living God. They do mention the problems sometimes, but they always shift back to, God, you're what I want. God, I want you to come. Um, there's something I noticed in um, it's in Exodus. Let me get to there. Actually, I, I don't need to read the verse, but basically, um, you have Moses and the Israelites. In, in the wilderness, and they're, um, and 
Moses and the Israelites have a different approach to uh, interacting with God. So, you know, the Israelites, when they cry out for breakthrough, they're looking for the hand of God. They're looking for their problem to be fixed. When Moses is asking for breakthrough, he's like, well, God, if you don't go with us, then don't send us. If you're not going to be there, then I don't even want to (laughs) go. Moses wasn't looking for the solution. He wanted God. He wasn't looking... um, I mean, and it's not to, to belittle or minimize you know, some of the struggles you guys are going through because they're very real, and they're very real hurts and disappointments. But throughout Scripture, people who are going after breakthrough, they sought God. And there's a verse that says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all the rest of these things will be added. So the, the, the thing about that verse is that we can, you know, recite that verse, but if you don't know his righteousness, if you don't have that intimacy and relationship with him, then his righteousness is basically what you've experienced righteousness to be. But if you seek God, and then now all of a sudden you're in his presence. Now all of a sudden you're encountering his heart for you. Now you actually know his righteousness. Now you know what you're seeking after. It's, it's through experience that I go and, I, you know, and I'm like, God, I know your righteousness. And I seek you because you are a righteous God. And I know this. And, and I... I'm not, I'm not worried anymore about, okay, what about this problem and this problem and this problem? Because I know his righteousness. So I'm going to read Psalm 91, which is probably my favorite verse. I can just find the papers. I need to move stuff. Hold on. I have too many papers here. Okay, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Okay, let's stop right there. My God in whom I trust. And, and that, that's, that was the, the hang-up for me. That, like, I, I knew the answer was, you know, God needed to show up, but I didn't trust Him. So even if he did come, like it, but my, my thing was all about the solution and not actually that relationship and intimacy with him. Because my heart was hardened. I didn't trust him. 
And the next verse it says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Surely he will. Not maybe. <laughs> and from the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right, but it shall not come near to you. Only with your eyes shall you look. So, you know, what's the point of this? The point of this is that the person that abides, the person that um, prioritizes, okay, I'm, I'm going to choose to trust you, God, even with my disappointments, even with the things I don't trust you with. Like, I want your presence more than I want this distrust and this hurt. And I want your glory. I want you, you as my covering more than all the things that are holding me back. And I, I feel like, like we as a church need to get there. Because when we um, are overshadowed by his glory, overshadowed by his wings, all these things that seem to attack us, all these things that, that um, we seem to struggle with, in Psalm 91 it says it can't even touch us. So how do we get there? Not by praying for breakthrough, for the solution, but praying for him to come. Praying for his presence to come. Valuing his presence above everything else. When I have a problem, I'm not looking for a solution. I'm looking for you, God. Because when you show up, all those things come into line anyway. <laughs> See, God often won't, doesn't want to answer your prayers because he will not give you the breakthrough you're asking for at the expense of relationship. In Psalm 16, it says, You make me, make me the, known the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. So, I mean, obviously, the Bible never guarantees, God never guarantees that we won't have struggles. You know, we know people, a lot of us know of people who, um, who have crazy struggles that, you know, are even more than, than we experience. Like, one of my personal heroes is, is Heidi Baker, which I'm sure most of you know who that is. So... And just some of the stuff she goes through, like, I'm just like, wow. Like, I don't even know how I would handle that. I mean, she's shot at. She's, you know, all this stuff. She's been shipwrecked. She's been beaten. She's been stoned. All kinds of crazy stuff. And I had the, had the privilege of uh, um, being able to recently uh, hear Shara, one of... Heidi's spiritual daughters. She was in town recently. 
And, I mean, basically, you know, something she learned from Heidi is that the most important thing you can do is fight for his presence because that's where the breakthrough comes. I'm not after um, a solution that fixes the whole world so that I can look good or so, so that I can feel more confident in myself apart from God. And I know that that's completely counter to the world's way of thinking, but we're, we're not here um, so that we can give ourselves a pat on the back. It's, it, we're here so that God can come and love on us and we can be fully confident uh, without our independence, without our need to feel better about ourselves on our own. It's that spirit of independence apart from God. When we're connected with his presence, we no longer need that pat on the back because we're in the fullness of his joy. We're in the fullness of his love, and we absolutely know we're loved. So the breakthrough is not based on our circumstances. And... And I really feel like the, the priority needs to be his presence. It really needs to be, God, I don't know what the heck is going on right now, but I need you more than I need this solution. You're a good, good father. And if you show up, if I entrust you so much with this situation that, that I basically just give it to you, and really only want you more than I want this solution, I know you're going to go and fight on my behalf. I know that you're going to go and make whatever this thing is that's hindering me into my victory. Because that's who you are. But you see, God will not do that with you if you're not willing to let him. And I'm not saying that we aren't willing, but oftentimes if we're not opening our heart up to God and being real with Him about how we feel, then He can't go there because we're not being real with Him. And honestly, there are parts of our heart that don't want Him to go there. And, you know, we, we can't be... I mean, we can, obviously. Like, you know, I, I, I catch myself doing it sometimes, too, where I'm praying for the hand of God rather than the presence of God. You know, we see people, you know, I see people all the time. Like, I'm in the prayer ministry. You know, I see someone get healed or delivered or whatever. And some people will go, oh, that's God. Or when they see, like, you know, an awesome prophetic word come out. Oh, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. No, that, that's, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> Who is the Holy Spirit? Why does he like to do things that way? What was he feeling when that person got touched? What are the things that grieve him? Does he share that with you? Because it's, it's, it's a heart exchange. When you share your, 
intimate, deepest things with him, even the things that are painful and they hurt, he shares his with you. Because you're real with him. Because the real you has showed up. He is breakthrough. Not the, not the circumstances that we need fixed. He's the breakthrough. And, and I, love, I love the illustration that Pastor Bill at Bethel does sees. In John, you know, it says the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of the dove and remained. And if, if there's a dove on my shoulder and I don't want him to fly away, how am I going to walk around this room? It's not that the Holy Spirit is, like, overly sensitive. It's that I honor his presence, and it becomes the first priority for me that his presence is here, that, he, that I invite him into my life. I invite his presence into my life. That, that is how we are to live. Because the things that God has asked us to do are impossible. <laughs> so if you want to fulfill the calling that God has put on your life and your destiny, then you're going to need the impossible to bow to the name of Jesus. And it's because his presence is on you. That's why when Peter walked by his shadow, heal people. It's because whoever you're overshadowed by, that's what you release. And I don't know about you, but my breakthrough is, is Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. And I always want to be overshadowed by Him. So I just want this, that basically is what I wanted to share. Um, we can look for breakthrough in all the wrong places when God is our breakthrough. And when he shows up, that is our breakthrough. Because God already knows the desires of your heart. He already has a plan to, um, for those things to fall into line in the way that is the most beneficial to you. In the way that will make you prosper the most. I mean, we all know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. His plans are to prosper you. And the thoughts in his mind outnumber the grains of sand. So imagine that many thoughts. Every single one are thoughts to prosper you. He really is a good father. And, and I am, so I'm going to pray, and we're going to invite God himself to come and that we acknowledge him as our breakthrough not our circumstances being fixed and just inviting his glory and his presence to overshadow us everywhere we go so thank you father that you are our breakthrough it's not getting things fixed it's not um us feeling better about ourselves god 
but you are our breakthrough. When you show up, we have no need for those things anymore because we are 100% assured of who we are when you're present, 100% assured of your love for us when you're with us, gone. God, it's your presence that we seek, gone. God, when we want, break, we want breakthrough, we want you. We want your presence in our life. God, we want you to overshadow us, and God, that you're the one who brings the solutions to the people around us, gone. God, and we just get to be your uh, awesome sons and daughters and to bring your presence and your glory and to bring you, Papa, everywhere that we go, to bring you, Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and show us, God. Show us where we're not trusting you, God, so that, so that we can invite you even more, God, into our hearts and to allow your glory Whoa, to come and permeate every place in our heart, God. God, that everywhere we go, we release your presence. Everywhere we go, we partner with you, with your presence, God. So, God, we just ask for you to come. Thank you, God, that you're our breakthrough. In Jesus' name.